And a whole lot of sports happening. I mean, there's even a men's singles final there at the French Open with Novak Djokovic taking on Stefanos Tsitsipas in the French Open's men's singles final. And yeah, the Serb top seed, they're chasing a 19th Grand Slam title there, while the Greek fifth seed Tsitsipas appearing in his maiden major final. And on the line, we have got a man that we'd like to talk to about um, this uh, tennis today. We're looking at um, talking to Chris Boas, who is the author of Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer's biographies and his latest book about Roger Federer. It was actually published last month. Boas is a writer and a broadcaster, and he joins us live now. Good afternoon, Chris, and welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. I mean, you're all the way out there in the world watching this match. Tell us about, you know, when it comes to uh, the French Open today, looking at the men's final first and foremost. I mean, uh, Djokovic taking on Tsitsipas. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the match itself is uh, in its fifth game now. and We've got beautiful sunshine. I'm just looking out into the Paris skies and there isn't a cloud to be seen. We've been so lucky with the weather. Um, they played this tournament last year. Uh, three months later than normal, four months later than normal. It's normally end of May, beginning of June. Last year they played at the end of September uh, into early October. Mm. And it can be quite nice in Paris at the end of September, but it just wasn't last year. It was cold, it was wet, it was it was miserable. Uh, but we got the tournament done. Uh, but this year it's been played in its normal slot, and it's been just glorious weather. And we've been blessed with a wonderful tournament, and... Uh, who knows? We might be blessed with a wonderful final. We've just had uh, five games so far, and Tsitsipas is leading 3-2, although all the five games have gone with the serve. Tsitsipas mm, leading 3-2 there. Now tell us, I'm sure when it comes to the weather and the normal slot in which this uh, uh, tournament is being played in, it is something that is welcomed by the players. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of the main clay court season. There are basically three surfaces in world tennis, clay, hard, and grass. grass. Mm-hmm. And the grass, the grass court season is sort of fairly short these days, five or six weeks uh, maximum. And um, the clay court season, it's got, uh, got a little sort of swing in um, South America in uh, February, March. It's got the main swing from early April in Europe, where you've got the prestigious tournaments like Monte Carlo, Madrid, Rome, and then culminating here in, uh, in Paris, Roland Garros. And then you've got a, a, a third clay court swing in um, July, August uh, on some of the uh, European venues, places like Umag, Borstad in Sweden, Gestad in uh, Switzerland, uh, Kitzbühel in Austria. Some wonderful venues there, but uh, they're not the serious tournaments. Whereas the, the real um, serious clay courts um, season is the one leading up to this tournament. So really, today is the culmination of the annual main clay court season in world tennis. And for countries where the main tennis courts are clay, and that means places in, in, in mainland Europe, southern Europe, and South America in particular, uh, this is uh, this is sort of as prestigious for them as Wimbledon is for uh, the traditional tennis world. Mm. And then, I mean, looking at uh, Novak Djokovic, there was a time when he was playing against uh, uh, the Berrettini, and the fans had to be let go a little early because of the curfew there out uh, in, in France. Just tell us about how has that affected the, the tournament in itself, with the fact that sometimes when it comes to night games, fans have got to leave the stadium to make it home on time before the curfew of the lockdown kicks in. 
Yeah, it's a feature of the uh, pandemic that we're currently in. I mean, it happened for the first time when Djokovic was playing in the third round of the Australian Open because they imposed a five-day lockdown in the middle of that. And mm. because he was playing on the Friday night and the lockdown began at midnight on Friday, uh, he was two sets to one down at 11.30, and they announced that they had to clear the stadium, and they nearly had a riot. Um, we had something similar in Rome, um, at the clay court event there. Um, this has been a, a slightly complex a situation because there's been this curfew that was until 7 o'clock and then it was moved to 9 o'clock and then on Wednesday this past week it was moved to 11 o'clock but it meant that most of Roland Garros that when they have, they have the new roof here they've got floodlights on all the courts so they've scheduled night matches to start at 9 o'clock but there was nobody there and then of course the first night that they moved the curfew to 11 o'clock and they thought oh this is wonderful we can get the fans in for the night match uh, Djokovic and Berrettini went long, and in the fourth set, they had to remove the fans. They actually had a re rethink about that when Djokovic played Nadal on uh, Friday. It was such an amazing match that someone in the government said, look, I think let's take the more sensible decision here and let the crowd stay into the end, because mm. uh, uh, Djokovic had just won the third set when they really had to get rid of them. But uh, I think um, common sense prevailed on that occasion, especially if... Um, when I've walked back to my hotel after uh, the, the day's play, and I'm supposedly in the curfew times, uh, there's been an awful lot of people on the street. So I think they just took a common sense decision and said, all right, let them stay till the end of that match. And what a, an amazing match that was. Yeah. And now let's move on to the women's game where we have a new champion there, Barbara Kretschikova, who actually beat yes. Russia's Anastasia, that is uh, Pulevchenko. Now, what did you say when it comes to that match? Well, it was interesting because, you see, we've known about Kreshikova for a few years now, but only really as a doubles specialist. She and her fellow Czech, Katarina Siniakova, they won three of the four major um, tournaments when they were juniors, mm -hmm. and they've won two of the four um, back in 2018. They won Roland Garros and Wimbledon, and um, uh, we sort of rather think of them as, as double specialists. But Kreshikova said at that time, she said, I don't just want to be a double specialist. I want to be known as both a singles and doubles player. And um, uh, the culmination of a lot of work she's put in, in particular on her fitness, came at this tournament where she's uh, ended up as the uh, unlikely singles champion. But more than that, she uh, earlier today, she won the doubles title with Siniakova. So she's become the first woman for 21 years to win the women's singles and the women's doubles at the French Open. Yes, because I see that she actually won it again this time around, and she said that she will be enjoying a rare glass of champagne to celebrate this special occasion. Well, she couldn't do it last night because she had the women's doubles final to play, <laughs> so she had to be quite sort of restrained last night, despite winning the biggest title of her career. But, no, she was good in this final, and... Um, you know, they're a very, very good pair. And she will be world number one in the doubles rankings tomorrow when they issue the new ranking list. And she'll be a 15th in singles. And then just in closing, I mean, we're at the tail end of Roland Garros this year. When you look, at, when you look back at the tournament, I mean, what did you make of it? Because the, head, the headlines that dominated all over the world when it comes to Roland Garros in the beginning was the Naomi Osaka and her withdrawal. Yes, you're right. That was um, the major story that went round. I think the, the thing about Osaka was that the main story was not quite the way she originally said it. She made this statement a few days before the tournament started, saying that she wouldn't be doing press conferences because uh, it was affecting her mental health. And uh, a lot of people were 
that she expected to come to her defence didn't actually do so. In particular, the players uh, who really like her were being terribly nice, but in not supporting her. And I think she got a little bit sort of concerned about that. And um, when she withdrew from the tournament, she actually had the decency to say, look, it wasn't about the journalist, um, and I didn't mean to deride mental health issues. Mm. Um, um, just sort of as I'm talking now, Djokovic has taken a, a, a tumble. He's lying down. I think he's fine. But uh, I, I, I'm slightly sort of uh, stuttering because he's, uh, no, he's, he's fine. He's just signaled to his opponent that he's all right. But um, there we go, drama on, on the main court. Now, the Osaka thing, you know, she's admitted that she's got a few problems and she has to deal with them. But I think actually what's been interesting is the amount of players who say, we do well out of tennis because tennis gets the exposure. And therefore, if someone has a problem with press conferences, fine, we might have to sort of work out how they deal with that. Mm. But that the answer is not to stop players talking to the press because that then just reduces the, um, the amount exposure. of... Co- uh, coverage that tennis gets, mm. which of course means that the players' agents can um, um, can get less lucrative deals for for their clients. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, I mean, thank you so so much for your time this afternoon, and yeah, we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you very much, Lelo. Thank you so much. That is uh, Chris Bowers, who's the author of the Novak Djokovic as well as Roger Federer biographies. There, talking to us from. France talking about Roland Garros and the current final that is happening there. Djokovic versus Tsitsipas and there's a new winner when it comes to the women's game there. Kuchikova actually getting her maiden uh, tournament major title there after being only known as a double specialist but she's proved that she's more than just that. You are listening to Radio 2000. The estate is a brand-